right, what's happening? Welcome back into the Buffs Nation podcast. As always, joined by Jared All and producer Ryan. How are we feeling after two toughest games of the year heading into Arizona State? Yeah, a little relieved to get through that stretch, huh? Uh, looking forward to a game where the Buffs are favored again. Yeah, this whole thing of, hey, that's that's big-time football. You're going to get tough games. It's like, no, it's not. Even the Broncos go through stretches <laughs> where it's like, boy, those two, 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 I'd rather have those games, you know, that were in a row. That's why I, I love schedule release day. When you look at schedule release day in college football and the NFL, frankly, that to me is why it's so important is it's not just who are you playing. It's the order of the games you play. It means so much. But uh, the Buffs lose a close one, 48-41 at home to USC. You look at the second half of football, I mean, Colorado scored 13 in the third, 14 in the fourth, held USC to two touchdowns in the second half. So really good showing from the Buffs. We'll break down that game, give our thoughts on um, what we're going to see next week, going on the road at Arizona State, and of course, it on some CU news as well. But let's start right there. Uh, did you guys go to the game? Uh, yes, sir. How was your experience, Jared? Uh, it was great. I mean, you know, we... we did uh, you wear white? I did, and I'm gonna be not going to lie. Uh, Don't lie. I, I wasn't, I wasn't real thrilled about this, okay? Because who has white CU gear? None of us have white CU gear. It's all black. I Everything I have is black or gray. Okay. Uh, so, no, no, hold on. I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Okay, a few lessons are to be learned. If you're a Buffs fan... Look, ex- uh, expand your gear. Apparently. Get more versatile with your gear. Get gold, white, black, just in case. Just, I have a lot of black CU gear. That's what I learned this week is almost everything <laughs> I own is black. So this is a little tough for me. The funny thing is, is I own one white CU shirt, and it was literally the same shirt as the guy I went with had as well. So we, we just showed up <laughs> so, with the same exact so, shirt together. So it looks like you guys showed up without yeah. any shirts and then yeah. bought them there at the game. Exactly. That's what that looks like. Yeah, exactly. It, it looks like you showed up without anything. Uh, but I will go, say yeah. the white looked great in the stands. I am yep. questioning why the Buffs chose to wear all gray and black helmet. There was almost no white on the jerseys whatsoever. And I well, understand we're at home, but I, I don't think the white out. I don't think the color schemes are meant to match the jerseys. First of all, second of all, I still wonder: is the person or committee who was in charge of this last year in charge of this this year as well? Because remember last year how we had the gold rush during UCLA, sure, <laughs> right where they were wearing like all gold and their fans did too. We had it didn't make sense last year. Can we get a new committee on this? Yeah, I think we need to work on this a little more strategy because I also think a whiteout would look better in a night game, right? You got the black, yeah. you know, background behind you. But I, I will say this. The, the crowd showed up. Sure, the crowd absolutely. wore and a lot of white. You know the thing I'm really noticing this year more so certainly than ever in the past, even though the student section always showed up in the past, they never showed up that early. Now you have to get there so early if you want any decent seat. These kids are there an hour before the game even starts in the stadium. Well, that's actually a new thing they're doing this year is the students have to enter through a separate line oh so that's it's it's all specifically for the students have you seen that it's it, it's at the very what south end of the stadium yeah yeah i believe so but yeah and i've i've saw nothing but it's not great from what i've seen well this is the first <laughs> let, let's face it this is the first year in a long time Folsom field has kind of faced these things yeah. where the ticket demand the this is why you can't re-enter you know before they're yeah. like please come back i know please come watch the game now you can't re-enter students i it was probably really took some halftime beers away from me. All right. It was probably thirty ish minutes before the game started, and Allie and I were walking inside. Um, I had my nine forty five a.m. beer. 
I had <laughs> nothing you know, better than a cold breakfast one. Champion. <laughs> yeah, well, breakfast of champs. I slammed a hot dog. First hot dog for breakfast <laughs> Ooh, I think I ever had. A glizzy and a cold one but for you know, breakfast. You know huh? what? It's because I had to get something in my stomach. You <laughs> sure. know, I was like, all right, what are we gonna have sure. here? Let's let's down a hot dog. Allie goes, do you want to put like some mustard? Rel-? I go, I'm just gonna down. I need it. something to I'm soak up this booze today. Pound this thing. So it was on your birthday too. Happy birthday. Yeah, I appreciate it. So I'm walking around and I see the students about half hour before, and there's a line. It is a long line to get in. And you see puffs of smoke coming up in the middle of it. You see all these kids Allegedly. Drunk. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, it's just a vape. Cigar. It's just a vape. Vape, yeah, whatever. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know this try, we try to be a family friendly show, but look, the kids are going to be the kids. And uh, yeah, so anyway, let's talk about that game, USC at Colorado. Um, the national narrative for this kind of rubbed me the wrong way. What a lot of people were saying no was... Well, it, all, every, all anyone can talk about is what a bad defense USC has. It's like, hold on a minute. Let's talk about the team who's scored in the 40s several times this year, who's actually, in terms of advanced statistics, it, they've rocketed up from in the 90s to the mid-50s in just a few weeks, right? CU has an advanced stat. So this offense needs to be talked about. Everyone's talking about USC, bad defense, bad defense. Does USC have a great defense? No, we talked about it last week, but... Should we be surprised with what we saw? Also, a big fat no in my opinion. Colorado had more yards, more first downs, more rushing yards, unfortunately more penalties, and the same amount of turnovers. Now, they did have more mistakes, Ryan. I'll have you elaborate on that in just a second. Um, The comeback. Do we want to be in this position where we're always, or I don't want to make it seem like always, but... The thing you've heard about the Buffs this year is resiliency. Resiliency. I don't love that. Yeah, they can't live that way. They can't live that way. I mean, that's just two games in a row where you spot the top 10 team 21 points. After being, by the way, a 21-point underdog, you can't go in. You're you're almost never going to win a matchup, matchup like that. It's honestly commendable what they did to get back in this game. But if you don't give them those 21 points early with a missed field goal, you had the block punt early, these mistakes that you make really put you in a spot where you almost had no chance to come back in that game. Ryan, you mentioned the mistakes. I mean... Which one stands out the most to you? Is maybe the most uh, detrimental? I mean, the missed look, a missed field goal can go a long way in terms yeah. of uh, it's it's got to be the block punt yeah, because I, block, I don't block know punt. what uh, Mark Vassett was doing. Um, I we've never seen him do a rugby style punt before right. this year, right? Um, and, and he almost kicked it into the dude's chest. I mean, I, I don't know what he was. I don't know if that was a planned thing, but really took the wind out of their sails, especially at that point in the game. Um, and I think that was a huge thing, too. Not only those early mistakes, but they kind of came out a little bit flat. I don't know what it was like in person, but from the couch, you could just tell all of Folsom Field kind kind of seemed flat on Saturday. Um, I didn't necessarily feel that of the game. I felt like we were kind of pumped Yeah, the, up. the energy was pretty good. I mean, in terms from the team, it just – it. Honestly, it felt so much like that Oregon game where it's just like, God, are they just that much overmatched? Yeah. Like that whole first half is just like the bus couldn't do anything. They, you know, they, they go three and out to star. They have a couple of drives where they sustain things but can't put points up. And then it's just touchdown, 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 well, giving up for this defense. And I thought this game was going to get out of hand. I really did. I did not expect to see what we saw from the bus in the second half. I will be honest. Yeah. Going into halftime, I, I was worried about what this game was going to be. Well, and, and with that missed field goal, not only are you missing out on points, um, that was also a 17-play drive. Yeah. You have to get something out of a 17-play okay. drive. So you do. I agree with that. That definitely killed this team in the momentum. And I also, Jared, what you said was true, or at least in my mind, 
we're not used to these second half comebacks where you buckle up and get ready for the points. Like I didn't necessarily see it coming either. It's a good sign they did come back and they did change some things. But they also the Buffs also moved the ball in the first half. They just weren't able to capitalize on it. Yeah, anything. they weren't finishing. Right. But I, I kind of agree with that. And it was great they did come out in the second half, but the stadium was still full. Mm-hmm. Right? So everyone had that feeling. Everyone had the belief that something was going to happen in the second half. I did. We didn't leave early and there's no, a reason no. for that. Um special teams, we mentioned that and the the gaff. You know what I think happened, and this is pure speculation, one hundred percent speculation. I think whoever's calling special teams is not doing a good job, right? I've thought this almost every single game. And I remember looking up after the Nebraska game, who's this special teams coach, right? I'm like, who's doing this stuff? And what's interesting is they don't have an actual special teams coach. There's one guy, Trevor Riley, who's listed as a quality control analyst in parentheses special teams. And there's lots of quality control analysts. Pat Shermer, we know he's a offensive quality control analyst there's several defensive and there's one special teams no coach and i understand there's certain amounts of spots and money but i believe little prediction now that coach prime this is one of the coaching moves he's going to make in the offseason hiring or elevating someone a special teams coach because someone's got to answer for these bad mistakes coach prime isn't saying all right we style and, and and the punter's not going out there doing it himself. I guarantee mm-hmm. oh, that yeah, he, yeah. he didn't. Well, so the other thing is, is every other punt he had was great. It was, yeah, it was, it was very amazing. good. <laughs> He's so, been a good punter all year. And that's why my point is, there. what you do in football from running it to passing it to special teams to blitzing all has to be done with a purpose, a very specific reason why you're doing something. It seemed to me like, yeah, it's long field. There's one player back, uh, single guys on the outsides, uh, gunners, let's just... Let's just yeah, rugby style because, hey, rugby style, we can get that roll. Let's get 20 more yards. Let's rugby style. It seemed like that was that simple thinking. Like, I don't know. And if they did, we're, we're going to do that. It should have been more prepared because yeah. they didn't. It doesn't seem like the blocking all. scheme was Ugh. ready for it. it. Again, it does seem well, sort of out of nowhere. And I brought it up last week, and maybe this is, again, speculation on my part, but maybe it was uh, them seeing that they are – that that USC is good on special teams. You know, that rugby style trying to – even though Zachariah Branch, uh, the punt returner for USC, what didn't play on Saturday, maybe that was kind of a, a thing that they were trying out to just try to get more coverage down the field because they were they were uh, pretty far back in their own territory. Well, it didn't work. Cormani <laughs> <laughs> uh, McClain got in the game. Yeah. And he, he looked great. good. My man, Cormani. game. Yeah, he um, did look good. Um, and, and honestly, I, I looked at the second half. That was the first thing I noticed in the second half is, hey, number one's out on the field. And, and a couple of things I take from that. First and foremost is that he needed to – get on the field to make plays because this guy showed up and he made plays. He looked yeah. very comfortable out there from the start. But I also think based on the comments made from primetime in the uh, the pregame, or excuse me, not pregame, the, the, the press conference in midweek, challenging him, challenging McClain. He doesn't go put him on the field unless he showed up to practice this week. No, I Showed agree. up prepared. So that's good to see. A kid that got challenged, a lot of people were kind of – Concerned? How was he going to respond to this? Was that too much of a of a call out from primetime? I love to see a kid that showed up. I totally agree. It, he had to have shown up for meetings. He had to have shown some kind of of want to get going because you can respond one of two ways. Obviously, you can pout and 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 look. I didn't know whether maybe he was. And I don't want to use the word pout because these kids are young. These kids are strong willed. They've been told they're the best their whole lives. It's like pouting's not the right word. They just get a little hard headed and they go a different direction or they buy in. I love that. 
we can assume he's buying in. We don't know for sure, but the fact that he got to play, doesn't that tell you he's buying in? I mean, or Coach Prime's back is up against the wall and he's like, shoot, let's just play. Just just for fun, that's the way I like to think of it. Like like, like in Friday Night Lights, like, Booby Miles don't need to practice. (laughs) He's he's pulling a booby. All Booby needs to do is show up. And you know what? It very well could have been. start calling him Booby? We should. It very well could have been a situation because he wasn't the only freshman that got on the field. As we saw offensively, Amarion Miller came on the field, did great, another freshman for the Buffs. But I I, I wonder if maybe this was a challenge from primetime and halftime. Say, hey, you guys out there aren't showing me you want to be out there. I'm going to put out somebody out there and let's see if he wants to be out there. Yeah. Uh, one thing to add before we move on about that, I did notice this week on a video that I have yet to watch. So I'll watch it. I'll, I'll let you know what's going on the, uh, the you know next week. The title from Well Off Media was Coach Prime Addresses Players Showing Up Late. And the thumbnail of the video was Cormani. So it's like, ah, come on. <laughs> so I don't know. I'll report back on that. We'll have our uh, I-team investigate that one. All right, uh, before we move on, some CU Buffalo's news. If you own a business or know anyone who owns a business and want to make the most of your dollars, because obviously pinch and pennies, making the most of your spending is so important when you've got a business, I highly recommend finding freelance work at Fiverr.com. Now, here's the thing. We can get you a big discount on your first freelance experience if you use the link in the show notes, and I promise you it's worth it. Here at Woos Media, we've used freelancers from everything from graphic design, website building, complex things to very simple things. You're going to get professionals who have done this before, and they're going to do the job for a fraction of the price. Don't go through a company, pay the overhead, go through all the loops, go through a professional, go through Fiverr.com. Click the link in the show notes for a big discount on your first freelance experience. All right, CU football news. Once again, most watched game of the weekend. I mean, by far. We're talking now in the tens of millions how much further ahead CU is this year than any other team. Alabama. Georgia, Florida State, Clemson, Michigan, Ohio State, Buffs are beating them all. You, you know what's interesting? I've noticed in some of the different like rankings that I've seen of different teams and and their ratings and views. You know, all the teams that are the other top teams are the teams that have played CU because they're right, getting exactly. all the views while they're while they're yeah, playing against that's, CU. Yeah, you know? That's how it goes. And, and, and interesting to note uh, for those of you that have been watching the Buffs uh, that don't have Pac-12 Network. You're going to have a little trouble finding them this this weekend because this game, for the first time, the Buffs oh, no. game against Arizona State is exclusively on Pac-12 Sounds like Network. that affects a couple of the hosts here. And oh, honestly, honestly, we're going to see firsthand just how impactful the Pac-12 Network not being on all of the mm-hmm. platforms is because obviously sure. we're getting a chance to see how viewed the CU Buffs are. Right. If they're not anywhere close to the top there, that is so telling for the Pac-12 and how bad they've botched this whole well, TV let's have Well, let's have a real discussion. How do you pirate games? Uh, you know, I, I actually have. Tyler, let's talk after the show. I have a, a legal way that uh, you don't need to pirate, but uh, you're just going to need my account info. for. Oh, for you give the account. Okay. So yeah. I was going to give the audience a way for I the, can ask my brother. Look, if everyone listening right now. He's in his 20s. If everyone listening right now does this, the FBI can't break through all of our windows during <laughs> the game. That's true. No, I don't. I have no idea. I'm too much of a square to know how these things. I don't yeah, know yeah, the deep dark web. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm afraid of the, the computer viruses or whatever may lead from that. But uh, that's good to know. It, the game, by the way, 430. I'm glad you brought that up. Well, we'll get to when we preview the game, but it is 4.30 this Saturday on the Pac-12 Network. It's going to be uh, hot. That's 3.30 Arizona time. 7.2 million people last weekend. The second most viewed game last weekend had uh, 4 million. So over 3 million more for the both, uh, Buffs game by far. The most watched. Hey of Tyler, the you season. do me a favor next week. Can yes. we compare them to the ratings of how many fans are watching Taylor Swift 
at the Chiefs game? I'd, I'd love to know. Hey, watch Who out. is more popular, Primetime or Tay-Tay? You watch out. Producer Ryan's a Swifty back there. <laughs> um did you guys see the Philadelphia 76ers are in town? I did. Yeah, Philadelphia practicing in Boulder. I mean, more teams should do this. You train in altitude, it, it's only going to be beneficial. Um, they got a talking to from Coach Prime. He addressed the team, talked to the 76ers. They got to meet some of the players. It's kind of cool for everyone to experience. So 76ers in town. Between the three of us, who wins a three-point shooting contest? I don't even know if I could make one three-pointer. I don't even think I got it in me. I might have you guys. Yeah, I think Tyler's yeah. got it. I might have you guys. Tyler, you're the only athlete here. Don't act like <laughs> it. Let's not push it with <laughs> that. Yeah, let's look up the term athlete. Maybe none of us fit that in here. Maybe none of them. Maybe it doesn't even say it, it worked to say the most. And how could you say, like, what about Ryan over there? Ryan's getting I don't Ryan, into you are looking lately. a little fit. Hasn't man. he? You're looking. I don't know what's looking, going on. I didn't know the last if it was the shirt. So, yeah. It's probably the shirt. Man, you uh, look. Mm, yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, okay. Now, uh, we, we, I will say this. We do another show, Ryan and I do, called College Ball Tailgate. In the last couple of years, we used to do a combine, and it was close between <laughs> Ryan and I. I have been the kicking, though. You can't mess me with oh, field yeah. goal kicking. Yeah. You kind of are built like thing. a kicker. <laughs> All right. Uh, a couple more pieces of news here. Ralphie news. So I don't know if you have both noticed this, but Ralphie's not running as far yeah. this year. I actually only noticed it this past weekend. Yeah. Only, and I, I said to my only, girlfriend, I was like, she only made it to like the 30. Yeah, the 30. And uh-huh. remember, you know, the, the Ralphie... Uh, we're on Ralphie 5 Ralphie, now. Ralphie 5 was uh, the previous one. Okay, we're on Ralphie 6 now. So Ralphie 5 used to take it to the 40-yard, the opposite 40. Yeah, well, she loved to run, and, and you had to hold that girl back yeah. every step along the way. It almost kind of feels like they're like dragging along a little bit. I wonder if they picked bit. the right buff this time because they always pick a new yeah. one from the herd and all the other well, ones before. Well, so a couple things on this that, that I that I have seen is is A, she, um, she came from a different ranch than they usually get their buffaloes from. Okay. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Previous buffaloes, uh, th- this 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 Ralphie, um, also known as Ember, she uh, she was actually uh, adopted by a, a cow, so I don't know if the previous ones were in like a a bison herd. Um, but the other thing too, and, and what's funny, the only thing that I that makes sense to me because I work with animals in in my professional life, and the one thing that I saw is she can see the trailer and she knows when she's that means she's done is the trailer. So I think that that could play a part into why she's running so so. Yeah. Uh, so Ryan's going so with the far. more uh, nurture versus nature. She's, she's just like, situation. no, get me back in the trailer and get me some treats, yeah. man. Okay. See that may be happening. Like, like, well, and and I don't know age wise compared to when Ralphie five started, but but Ralphie six is 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 a little smaller. She she even, is. even still in what year. Three She's still or a baby two? Though. Is this year two for her? This is just year two, right? It's um, two or th- yeah, two so, or three. I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. it'll be interesting to see. And obviously, you know, it's it's you know if if. If uh, you know she's healthy and happy, you know this is a positive thing. But but well, I'm, uh, I'm, hopefully I'm, she's gonna get she get excited. She's got to get up for a little I bit. I guarantee you know? she's happy and healthy because they take such good yeah. care of Ralphie. But it was interesting because uh, I noticed that Brian Howell, who does a good job, a uh, good job covering yeah. the team. Shout out! Yeah, I saw that he had asked why. He noticed this was a, a topic, mm-hmm. so he asked why this was going on, and the school declined comment. So. They, that, that means they know something's up. Yeah. They, they notice it, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But I don't know if you guys remember the last Ralphie. She used to, like, hit the gates while she before they <laughs> yeah. ran. Oh, yeah. Like, she oh, wanted yeah. to run. Yeah. And, 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 and this one, I mean, they opened the gate, and she 
it's not even a trot out of the gate. I know. It's what like a one of my fondest <laughs> one of my fondest memories of a CU game. This would have probably been uh, 2012-13. I actually had seats on the uh, opposing side, but we were like first or second row. And you know the opposing team, I, I want to say it was Miami Ohio. Don't quote me on that. Is actually standing out there already on the sidelines like they're special teamers while Ralphie's running. Well, Ralphie took a little wide turn on this one, and she got real close up on the side. These guys, the panic in their face. Uh-huh. And again, it was right three, four rows in front of me. Yeah, after that, they didn't allow any of the opposing team to be out there, special teamers or anything, because you can't have a Buffalo running over a player. That's just oh, not that's a good great. sign. But uh, we'll keep an eye on Ralphie. Love to see Ralphie get her steps in. Okay, uh, finally, injury updates. Uh, Travis Hunter, unfortunately out again. Likely to be out a couple weeks here. Yeah, Prime kind of said, indicated maybe through the bye week might be the opportunity to get him back after that, which, yeah. what, the Buffs go Arizona State, Stanford, then by. So yes. a couple more weeks. Um, and then the Stanford game's on a Friday, but uh, we'll yep. obviously get there. And Friday then, the 13th. Ooh, I love Woo! that. Spooky. Yeah, Spooky. In October. Great. And then uh, Shiloh should be back this week. He's questionable, but he's back at practice. Um, okay, let's move on to Colorado at Arizona State. Big game coming up this weekend. Finally, a winnable game. Not just winnable, the Buffs are favorites on the road by four points so far arizona state this year only has one win they are one and four their schedule has looked like this they open up the season with a win three-point win at home against southern utah loss at home against oklahoma state loss at home against fresno state loss at home against usc loss on the road at cal one thing that stands out to me Pretty good schedule. Yeah, all really good teams. They played some good teams. They've and they've been, been fairly competitive in, in, I think, all but one game. They've been pretty competitive. Yes, they have. They've got one of the younger coaches in college football, Kenny Dillingham. And I honestly don't love the way he's done what he's done this year. He came in with this sort of no-nonsense mentality, really demanding environment, kicked several players out, one of which ended up on the buffs. Thank you. And exactly, he's doing amazing. He's our leading tackler. <laughs> um, so I don't like what's going on at ASU. You all know that I've done power rankings. I do, you know, I'm a professional sports better. I've been doing it now for six years. And um, in my power ratings, Arizona State's fallen more than almost any other team. You know, they're, they're right around 100, 101, and they don't look good. Now, we'll talk about where they are good because they do have some spots where they've shined this year and look good in all different kinds of stats. But overall, not a very promising uh, first part of the season from the Sun Devils. Uh, Let's talk FEI rankings. These are efficiency stats. I like these stats because they boil everything into one pot, right? It takes into account how well you've done, how well you've run the ball, passed the ball, blitzed, uh, uh, play play defense, turn the ball over, and it all adjusts for who you've played. So these are all opponent-adjusted stats. Uh, FEI rankings, offense. Colorado ranks 56th. Um, let's see. Arizona State ranks 92nd. Defense, Colorado ranks 97th. And Arizona State ranks, ranks uh, uh, 62nd. Excuse me. So again, FEI defense, CU 97th. Arizona State 62nd. So obviously, you know, it's it's not that much of a surprise. Buffs excel on offense and they struggle on defense. Arizona State excel on defense, 
struggles on offense. So this is going to be strength against strength, weakness against weakness. Kind of the opposite of what the Buffs saw last week against USC, right? This actually kind of leads to an opportunity in my mind for the Buffs to really build on what we saw from this defense in the second half, which totally. looked much improved against USC in the second half. Let's start there. Let's start talking about CU's defense against this Arizona State offense because this is seemingly where both teams struggle, right? Arizona State, we talked about how you know they're, what, 92nd in the country in defense FEI ratings. Well, they're not much better in the actual normal stats we're all used to. They're 105th in yards per game. They're 122nd in rushing yards per game. And they are seven, or, uh, 57th in passing yards per game. And I'll say, they found like intermediate success uh, throwing the football. They can air it out a little bit, but it's to the same players over and over. This team is repetition. They don't have a lot of players. They've got a few who can play, and they cannot run the football. And let's not forget to going back what last year, two years ago, you had kind of the Herm Edwards fiasco with this team where there were some recruiting violations and some things like that that have really hindered this team. A lot of guys left and jumped ship after that all went down. Yeah. Well, and a lot of it was the line. You look at the offensive line so far, 2.9 yards per carry. Like, that's not going to get it done. And look, I know for the, for the Buffs. Hey, hey, hey the Buffs ran for almost 200 yards last week. I think we know how to run the ball. No, okay? no, no, hey, no, exactly. <laughs> but, but that's the point. But that's where we're going to have to focus is stopping Arizona State's pass, right? It's not going to be load the box and ask these guys to, you know, do what they can do. It's going to be have these guys up front show they can handle three, four-man front, have these linebackers do their job, and the secondary can work because this offensive line does struggle. As I said, just under three yards of carry for uh, Arizona State. They have one player who does a lot for them. Number four, Cameron. It's either Scadabo, Scadaboo. I'm going to call him Scadabo. Uh, Cameron Scadabo, number four, is really their all. I, I think we should call him Skateaboy. Sca- <laughs> he said, see you later, boy. Um, <laughs> he's like their do it all back. He's got 318 yards compared to 90 from the next highest rusher. So he's also their second leading receiver. Exactly. Yards That's as a well. very good point. Second receiver. So it, it is clear to me that the buffs have to know where number four is all the time. If you shut him down, you've got a great chance of stopping this offense. And if you stop this offense, whew, Buffs have a really good chance of winning because I think we're going to score. We'll get there in a second. But that's a, a major factor, stop number four from running the football and catching. And it's always a little tougher when the you got a running back that is so good out of the backfield because who do you put on him, right? Well, that, if, you're, if you're going man-to-man, who do you put on him? A linebacker's probably not keeping up with him. But that's why this three-safety look the Buffs yeah. have is going to be so effective. What we've seen a lot from CU this year is Shiloh Sanders on the field, Trevor Woods on the field. Those are like the deep safeties. And then Cameron Silman Craig is the third safety playing underneath as like a star back, bump yeah, back. Yeah, maybe he's a guy that matches up exactly. with a player like this. That's what I would assume they're going to do. Put number seven on him, have a follow more. Silman Craig is also good in uh, in coverage. I think he leads the team in interceptions, or at least he's tied interceptions. He's quick. He's physical. I think he's the perfect matchup for a player like Scadabo, Scadaboo, Scaredaboy. And so I think that uh, that would be the matchup, right? Silman Craig on the field. And this is imperative that it, this is all um, assuming that Shiloh plays. And I think he will. But look, it happens all the time where a player's clear, cleared to practice. You know, they play a little bit, but then they sit one more week out. So that may be happening. But if Shiloh plays and Trevor and Shiloh are on the back end, I think that Silman Craig can be the one who steps up and if they're going to run man to man in those situations, cover the uh, the running back. Uh, number two, Elijah Badger is their top receiver. As Jared mentioned, uh, Scatabo's number is their second receiver out of the backfield. But number two, watch where he is, Elijah Badger. He does a ton for this offense. Uh, but look, aside from those two, they're really lacking offensive explosiveness. 
Arizona State is also 104th in the country in third down conversions. They're converting just about 33% of their opportunities. And Colorado, you know, not that much better, but they're stopping 44%, right? So this is an opportunity for CU to not only improve that stat, but I think have a bit of an edge on third downs. And overall, you know, to wrap up the CU defense against Arizona State offense, I think the ceiling for the Buffs D is higher than we've seen, right? I know Travis Hunter's not back this week, and that means a lot. It can't be stated how important Travis Hunter is. But aside from that, we're getting better. This defense is getting better week by week. Having faced Oregon and then USC and now going against Arizona State, <laughs> this is not the same skill weapons you're gonna, you, you've seen. I believe that this is an opportunity for this defense to show the ceiling a little higher than we thought. And, and a couple of things I look to see from this defense is, and I think you touched on it early on in your breakdown there, is the D-line. D-line has got to get after the quarterback without... They brought some pressure in the USC game, and that was effective. There was the corner blitz that had the big sack. How that wasn't a strip sack, I have no idea. But that was a big play, you know, a couple big plays because of some blitzes. I'd love to see a three- or four-man front get after this quarterback without having to bring it. You mentioned the weakness of the O-line. The, the other thing is, I'm really really curious to see is Cormani McLean going to be a starter on this mm. defense because mm. he played well I think he looked very comfortable he looked like he belonged out there but that doesn't necessarily insinuate that he is going to be the starter in this game so I'm really curious to see what his playing time looks like in this game if you want to bet on this game or other college football games NFL games hey we got the NHL starting next week we got baseball playoffs going on who likes a little baseball playoffs Check out betteredge.com. That's B E T T O R, like sports, betteredge.com. Uh, Better Edge allows everyone out there to bet VIG free. So that pesky minus 110, that house tax that no one can beat, you don't have to pay that with Better Edge. Uh, it's a little different. It's not your classic sportsbook experience. You're going to, it's like honestly kind of like buying and trading stocks. So it's a little bit of a different interface, but once you get used to it, you're going to love it. When you sign up, put in promo code BUFFS. Uh, that promo code is going to get you a free 20 bucks. So here's what I recommend you do. Make an account at Better Edge. Sign up using promo code BUFFS. They'll give you a free 20. If you don't like the experience, fine. You don't risk anything. You got a free $20 to try and make some money on your own. But if you do like it, run that 20 up, cash out, and you now have a new outlet to bet. That's betteredge.com, promo code BUFFS. All right, let's get to Colorado's offense against Arizona State's defense, where honestly, both teams have found success, and let's not underestimate Arizona State. I know we talked about the defensive stats. I know they haven't looked good one and four. This defense actually has done a good job this year. They're, they're 65th in the country in, a, in a yards allowed per game. Um, they have this bend-but-don't-break mentality. Now, I'll say they're still allowing over 30 points per game, but they're right there middle of the pack. They're 69th in rush yards allowed. They're 60th in pass yards allowed. Not really any huge weaknesses, but they don't really do anything great. So I come from this like, okay, what do the buffs do? How do the buffs approach this? Because there's like one or two mentalities in my opinion. They can either try and get this run game going consistently, because last week it kind of got going. So do the buffs use that momentum and try and build on that and run the football? Or do they do what I think they should do and really lean into the passing game because Arizona State doesn't stop the passing game nearly as well as they stop the rushing attack. That D-line for Arizona State is actually a lot better than we think, okay? Last week, Cal ran for like 190 against uh, Arizona State. So I'm looking at the sets going, oh, perfect. Cal ran for 190. Look what we're going to do. Do you realize Cal is 17th in the country in rushing yards per game? Mm -hmm. So it's like... They've had a tough schedule. They've placed tough rushing attacks. 
I don't believe, honestly, that lining up and trying to average five yards of carry is the way to go about this. I think this D-line is a lot better than we think they are. I really look at this as a, a as a team as a whole. How would Arizona State beat Colorado? And I think that that the narrative of that game would be a low scoring game where the Arizona State defense led the way. I, but, I don't not, see that Arizona State can keep up with a shootout. So I agree with you that the Buffs should open this offense up and beg Arizona State to have to keep up with them. And I don't think they can. But I would say defensive line specifically. Yes, the defense is, is big. We know they can do a lot of damage, but this D-line, okay? If Colorado can somehow neutralize their D-line, but this is why the matchup is interesting because we know Colorado's offensive line is one of our weaknesses. Yeah. And Arizona State's defensive line is one of their strengths. Like, it, Arizona State is a sneaky 16th in the country in sacks per game. They get to the quarterback. They pressure. They don't let you run the football. So that's why... I don't think anything is going to come easy this game, but if it were up to me, I think a key to success is leaning into the passing game, right? Getting these receivers the ball. Because I think if you look at the outside, Jimmy Horn, Xavier Weaver, Mike Harrison, Dylan Edwards even from the backfield, we have an advantage. This is one of the advantages I see. Our skill position against their secondary and their cornerbacks and whoever's going to be covering them. Give Shadur just a few seconds. Give him a little bit of time and one of these guys, if not several of these skill position players we have for the buffs, are going to have a huge day. So I think this is where the game is decided. If the buffs are going to win, these position players have to show they can make space, uh, uh, gain separation, and yards after catch, baby. It's going to be a yak day. We've been talking about buffaloes. Let's talk about yaks. <laughs> and I think if you can open up this offense with the using the passing game, I think it will actually really open up the running game for you. I, I really think if you can get Arizona State on their heels, feeling like they got to have as much coverage as they can on the back end, that is how you then start attacking them as the game goes on and wear them down the running game. That's really what we saw from the Buffs in, in this USC game. Is As the game went on and they got their passing game going, it opened up opportunities for that running game. But you'd rather play with the lead and use that running game strategically, the Buffs almost were forced into passing situations in the second half against USC when the run game was working because it was that comeback situation. So, man, it would be so nice to get a quick start here, take a a three-touchdown lead in halftime, and then you start using that running game and the screens and and all all different kinds of passing looks in the second half. So um, I just think it's going to be important, in my opinion, to lean into that rushing game, or excuse me, the passing game, and don't hit your head against the wall. Try and lean, line up and beat Arizona State line of scrimmage. You've got to lean into the passing game, in my opinion. Yeah, one of the things that Coach Prime uh, said just this week is uh, the biggest thing, I think is, is his quote was, the biggest thing that they need to know uh, how to win the first and second quarter. So to speak to you uh, of how you said they need to come out uh, faster than they have in previous games. Okay. Um, with that, offensively, I think it's important that we see them spread things out. Let's all look and see what the formations are. We don't. We haven't talked a lot of formations this year with the Buffs and like in, uh, how it's going to impact a game. This is a game, the first game of the season, where I think what kind of formations we see are going to have a huge impact. Because what I said earlier, I believe if we do truly have a skill position advantage, you want to put those guys on the side of the field, outside the hash marks. I mean, that's one of the things that a lot of these national X's and O's uh, guys who I like to listen to, because I don't pretend to be some X's and O's expert. There's a lot about football that I don't know that 
that I like to learn from people who play the game or coach the game. And what people were saying about CU's offense is it reminded them of the Art Bryles Baylor offenses where they were just spreading things out. Every blade of grass was used on the field. That's what we need. That's what this offense is going to have to look like, in my opinion. Put Dylan Edwards, line him up at receiver. Line Dylan Edwards up at receiver. Do all kinds of things to create mismatches and exploit this, in my opinion, undermanned secondary for Arizona State that can be taken advantage of. Um, okay, keys to the game. Should we get to my keys? You guys know how I like to do this. I'm, keys, I'm yes. excited to hear these ones because I got a few myself, you know and I think you're going to touch on them. Ryan, we need, cheese, a sound, we need a sound keys. effect where, you know how like in the stadium some people hold their keys oh. up? We need a key sound effect for in the future. Uh-oh, we got some. Yeah. Oh, the real, the real <laughs> keys. You don't need uh, Keys to the game. I do this every week, and I put some thought into exactly what it's going to take for this specific matchup. A lot, of, a lot of shows do generic keys to the game. We like to put a little more thought in and get really detailed with what, what it's going to take game by game. So my first key to the game. What we'll see, obviously, is strength for strength and weakness versus weakness. Okay, both offense, Arizona State defense, both doing well. Both defense, Arizona State offense, kind of both struggling. To me, that means this comes down to how do the coaches execute? We always talk about players. We always talk about, and look, obviously it's important. Players executing is the name of the game. But I think behind the scenes, what happens this week will be more important than most weeks or most games this season. We always talk about the players, how they perform and how they prepare. But I think this week, how do these coordinators go about their job? How do how does Coach Kelly and Coach Lewis and and, and Coach Prime and everyone who helps, you know, who's a part of the, the process go about their preparation this week? If the Buffs win, I think it's good because the coaching staff's gonna come up with a good game plan. And I'll say this I'm I i do not want to be uh, I don't want to jump the gun, but if the Buffs lose I have a feeling it's because they will have been outcoached, not outplayed. So I think coaching is going to matter. Scheme, how players are used, important times during the game. I think coaching matters a ton this game. I, I think you can look back at the last two games, and and I really feel like, especially that first half against USC. I mean, it was how do you how do you experience what you did against Oregon, and then kind of come out and, and have the same exact you know sort of stuff going. So to see them adjust again, that was big for me, and I do think there was a lot of coaching adjustments made at halftime, and that's why you saw that defense performing better. So yeah, I really do lean into that, and you, you should hope to see a defense. Particularly, I'm going to lean on the defense because I think the defense is what we need to see. They have to adjust they have truly yet to look really good this year so I, I think that's important for them to adjust they got to start to change what they're doing to, to really enhance what they can be as a defense all right uh well put my second key to the game is cu needs to win the turnover battle we've talked about it before we all know about three-fourths of teams who win the turnover battle win the game outright and I don't think there's a huge margin of error for either the Buffs offense or defense. I think this is actually going to be a closely contested game. It's going to be a game of big plays, a game of mistakes. That's what's going to define this game. And turnovers are right in there with those as like like factors that we're going to see influence the outcome here. So I think it'd be huge to get some help in the turnover battle in the turnover department. So offense, protect the ball. Defense, force one or two. Flip the field once or twice. I think whoever wins the turnover battle has a very good chance of winning this game. So that's my number two. Okay, okay. Uh, and, and I think really you saw what the Buffs last week getting that turnover, right? I mean, that's what kept look, them they in found the game ways in to that get second one. half. Uh, my third and final key to the game, 
the Buffs defense has to contain Cameron Scatterbo, Scatterboy, right? Number four. If number four on Arizona State gets shut down and has one of his worst games of the season, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind the Buffs win this game. If Arizona State wins, it's going to be, I think, a shootout, like some sort of 34-31 win where they score a lot of points. I trust the Buffs offense in this game. Now, I know Arizona State has done well defensively, but I think the Buffs have better pieces than Cal, Fresno State, Oklahoma State, obviously Southern Utah, and they all scored 27, 24, 21, 29. USC, we saw what they did last week. I mean, look, the Buffs don't have elite pieces like USC, but still 40. I mean, they have near elite pieces, and USC put up 42. So my point overall is, if the Buffs' defense can contain number four, not have him have a big day, then that's going to suffocate everything the Sun Devils want to do. That's going to make a path, an easy path to victory for the Buffs. Play efficient on offense, score some points, and you'll win. So I think a big key to this game, number three, shut down number four on offense. It's got to be got to be part of the game plan this week. So Well, and it's one thing we didn't touch on in, in terms of Arizona State's offense is their starter going into the season, Jaden Rashada, is out. He has been out for the last couple of weeks. This is the, you know... Have you ever spent the night of the Rashada Inn? Uh, it's not. It's not a great time. No. <laughs> They'll keep the light on for you. And they'll also keep a loud TV next door on for you. So if you can shut down that running game, put on put the pressure on. Now the the guy that they do have uh, playing Trenton, another guy I have no idea how you pronounce it. Bor- Borget Borgay. What's his number? I like to call him. Uh, let's see, number, number sixteen. Yeah, number sixteen. Um, and he is a guy that is a redshirt senior, but has doesn't have a ton of playing time. Was a starter for part of last year. Uh, but put put the pressure on him. Make him be you defensively all right let's get to our score predictions every week we like to wrap the show up with our score predictions well our predictions for the game in the form of a score i will go first i have the buffs winning 34 17 as i said i believe this offense gets rolling and i think the buffs can find mismatches other teams like oklahoma state fresno state and cal weren't necessarily able to exploit because you look at the talent we have Xavier Weaver, Jimmy Horn, the speed from in the backfield that we can get from Dylan Edwards, the size that I think is going to be a problem with, with uh, Hutchinson up the middle or Harrison up the middle. Um, I always go Hutchinson with him. I have no freaking <laughs> idea why Mikey Harrison loved the dude. Um, so overall, I think the Buffs offense finds a lot of success. 34 points I think they can put up. And the defense, if they can shut down number four, if Cameron Silman Craig, I think a lot of, you know, uh, my fourth key to the game would, would probably have been like Silman Craig, right? If that's the game, because we're just assuming that's going to be the game plan, so I don't make it part of the keys of the game. But if our assumption is right, and the Buffs are going to run like uh, Cameron in the box. By the way, Cameron's number seven for the Buffs defense, uh, and like kind of follow around number four for Arizona State. Whether you know man up on him, try and shut him down. If he has a big day and does shut him down. You know, it's gonna it's gonna I think be a long day for that offense. So we'll go thirty four seventeen. Buffs get the win on the road. I uh, I'm there with you. I got the Buffs winning. I like it a little bit of a higher score game, uh, but I do think the Buffs win handily. I like this forty four twenty four. I expect, and maybe I'm trying to convince myself of this, but I expect to see the Buffs come out and dominate the first quarter. I really Why is think that? that is going to be is a, it just a feeling because of how they have performed so poorly oh, yeah, yeah, the last so poorly. two weeks and this is going to be a response to them. This is going to be them adjusting and coming in with the game plan like we're ta- talking about. Coming in with exactly the game plan. They know they need to win this game and I think there's something to prove. Once again they're a favorite in this game after being big Love time it. underdogs Love two it. weeks in a row and I think that this is an opportunity to prove hey, 
Buffs are 0-2 in Pac-12 plays, guys. You know, So this is something they do need to prove where they are in the pecking order in the Pac-12. Hey, we learned we're not at Oregon, USC. The Buffs are not at the top of the Pac-12 right now. But this is more of the bottom of the Pac-12, and I think they have something to prove that they are well above the bottom and that Arizona State does not belong in the same field as them. So I like them to come out strong and win a good game 44-24. Wow, love it. Ryan, what do you got here? You know, I, I, I think that uh, this is a game that the Buffs should be very confident going into. I'm hoping that some of the momentum uh, carries over from last week. I know that's kind of tough with uh, an entire week um, coming between games, but uh, I'm going to go Buffs 38, uh, Sun Devils 21. Okay. Um, and the biggest thing, again, this is, this is a game they should dominate, they should win. Um, the biggest thing as a fan, as uh, as as a part of a podcast producer i really want to see tackling better tackling it's been a problem this entire season and i need to see him get it fixed love it uh that does it for today's show appreciate everyone listening let's go buffs get back on the winning track you know if the buffs win this game they'll be four and two heading into stanford on friday night so let's get this this is kind of a season defining win we didn't spend a lot of time talking about this today i think this is such a it's almost a must-win game yeah right like, like, Look like, at the rest of their schedule. If, yeah. if, These are if the types have, of games you have to If you win. have hopes of getting to a bowl, this is a pivotal game in their schedule. It is, because, I mean, you look at it right now, and, and we'll quickly go through this. So the Buffs have this week, uh, obviously, Arizona State, and then Stanford at home the week after that on Friday, then a bye. Then you got UCLA on the road, Oregon State at home, Arizona at home, Washington State on the road, <laughs> Utah on the road. Thanks. So the wins we can look at right now – is it, or like the potential let's say the games, games right? we expect them to the be games favored. We expect them to be favored in. They, well put, Arizona State this week, and that would bring us to four and two, and then Stanford the week after. Now, if you win, take care of business both those games, which got to take care of business. Yep. That's five and two. You just got to get one out of UCLA, Oregon State, Arizona, Washington State, Utah. A it, lot easier said than done. And, sure. and Arizona would be the team you'd circle, exactly. but this is a team that just took Washington down to the wire I as know, well. So it's not a there's no easy team. I mean, and again, I don't want to I don't want to overlook Arizona State. I don't want to look overlook Stanford. Those are obviously power 5 teams, but these are the games you have to win because they might be the only ones that you truly are expected to win the rest of the season. All right, let's go, Buffaloes. Get a big win on the road. Bring us to 4-2. and two. Come on now, Buffs. Beat Arizona State. We'll talk to you next week right here on the Buffs Nation Podcast. <laughs>